0: Your Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns.
1: I want to welcome you to a Thursday edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Conn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow Cammie at G on Twitter. And you can also follow the show, Locked on Horns. Or check us out on Instagram. We're locked on longhorns on there as well. Just a reminder this episode of the Locked On Longhorns podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. So head on over to builtbar.com, try one of their 18 flavors. Just use the promo code locked on, they're going to give you $10 off. All right, Cami. So it's Thursday. We've got Ari Tempkin from the Big 12 radio show a little bit later on. going to talk about the Big 12, this game against Tech on Saturday. Uh first I want to talk about some longhorns in the NFL news. Uh, we have special teams player of the week in the NFC hails from the state of Texas, Sorta. I know. Mean, <laughs> not from Texas. I but know.
2: He Texas. Hey, they they've been having some good luck with Australian punters here in Austin, so hopefully it's a sign of things to come, but um yeah, he was incredible against the Patriots uh, last Sunday night. He had four punts and all four of those were down uh, inside the 20, so that's pretty impressive. And I think the average um, traveled about 50 yards, if I remember correctly. So he definitely deserved that.
1: Yeah, definitely was. I think it was 50 on the button because I think he had four punts, totaling 200 yards. Uh, not a, not a big shot. I mean, considering he was named what Texas Bowl MVP, yes, that was for punting.
2: Yeah, I don't think that'll ever, I don't think that's something that could ever happen again. That was just incredible.
1: And the fact that it happened in the Big Twelve, right? Right. The tw-
2: everything happens in the Big Twelve. I'm not shocked at anything within it, this conference at this point.
1: At this point, now you you really can't be. But you know, congrats to Michael Dixon for being special teams player of the week for Seattle. Um, so we got the special teams player of the week going against the NFC offensive player. In the we of Dak Prescott uh, on Sunday, Seattle, Dallas. So that that'll be a lot of fun, a lot of stress. Uh, so let's talk about this game on Saturday a little bit. Uh, so looking at the bet MGM odds, they've actually increased the line now. They have Texas 17.5-point favorites. Is it mm-hmm. starting to get too steep for you, Cammy? Because I know like last time it was 43 <laughs> and you were like, no, not touching that.
2: Yeah, uh typically around uh I guess late 30s or early 40s is always a pretty steep for me but now um I think Texas will certainly cover this. I'm still predicting them to win by about three touchdowns so around 20 or 21 points. Um I'm not too surprised it increased but I'm curious why I guess but I mean as um, the money yeah. lines
1: move and you talk about Texas Tech obviously struggled against Houston mm-hmm. Baptist Gave up a ton of passing yards. a ton of passing yards. And, and, you know, so I I guess they can look at it that way. There's also the fact that um, maybe they're just looking at Texas thinking Texas is going to throw the ball over the place. But uh, Tom Herman didn't lead us to believe that they're going to continue throwing it the way that they did against UTEP when he spoke with the media earlier this week. Um, So – other bet mgm odds so i was looking at these odds that came out on wednesday and and they talked about the heisman uh memorial trophy odds and and uh sam is number five on this list but if you ask former heisman winning quarterback matthew leinart he thinks he's number four
2: I know. And I was actually listening to that uh, when I saw Matt Liner kind of have his first uh, Heisman hopeful uh, rankings of the season. And he definitely had Sam right ahead of Spencer Rattler at number four and obviously Rattler at number five. But um, he said the primary reason being won this early on in the season is because he felt like UTEP was a little bit better of an opponent than uh, Missouri State, who Oklahoma p- played. And obviously, uh, Sam had a record setting first half. So Rattler and Sam's stats don't necessarily compare at this point, but I'm sure they're going to be very close as we move forward uh, throughout the season.
1: The interesting uh, part here is Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are tied for the best odds to win the Heisman at plus 260. Uh, Spencer Rattler was third at plus 700, and then obviously, like I said, Sam Ellinger was fifth, plus 1,100. What's interesting is one name on this list from Bet MGM was not on the list for Matthew Leonard, he had Miami quarterback Derek King. However, BetMGM has a wide receiver in the top five, Racy yeah. McMath, the uh, slot receiver at at, at a LSU, which they have no Jamar Chase this year, who's opted out of the season. Mm-hmm. They're going to need a receiver to step up, and, and so I guess they're they're banking on Racy McMath to be the primary target. Yeah. I don't know if I buy
2: that. Yeah, I think that's kind of a bold take at this point, but I mean it's certainly realistic as long as he does well there at LSU at the new quarterback. But sure. um I I'm I'm just I think the Heisman race and, and I think we kind of all believe it's between Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, I think it's me Pretty hard to uh, beat one of those two out, so it's going to be even interesting to see out of those two who beat each other out. I guess I'd give the edge to Trevor Lawrence right now, but uh, you never know if if for some reason Sam can leave Texas in the college football playoffs and I think he's certainly deserving of it
1: yeah the the thing for me is when I see these Heisman odds when I see a non quarterback in the top five I stop listening. Yeah, it's a quarterback uh, award. It's it's a quarterback award. It has been for years. I mean, I guess you could go back to when uh, Derrick Henry running back at Alabama won it, but, you know, he had a monster year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but it's hard to look at these lists and, and things and not think it's going to be a quarterback. Obviously, that's what it's been for years. And, I mean, we haven't seen a defensive player win it since Charles Woodson, and, and that was feels like a lifetime ago.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I I think there's certain, I guess, running backs. I don't even know if I would go as far as seeing a wide receiver. I think there's a couple of running backs who could kind of push uh, to a Heisman contender. Yeah, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's a quarterback award, and I'd be very surprised if either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields didn't win it.
1: Right. Okay, so let's talk about the BetMGM's odds for the college football playoffs. Basically, the winner, who's going to win the national championship? No shock. The number one team is Clemson, plus two hundred. Ohio State, plus two sixty. Uh, then you have Alabama, plus four hundred, and then the odds start to get much larger. Georgia, plus eleven hundred. Florida, plus two thousand. The same as Oklahoma's odds, plus two thousand. Penn State at plus twenty five hundred, and and then you have Texas at plus thirty five hundred. Mm. Um, the the interesting part here, I think. I don't know that I would buy Penn state over Texas. I mean, I think if anything, they should have equal odds because I kind of think Penn state's like Texas in, in that they could be on the outside looking in because they play in a conference with a team that's in the playoffs every year, talking about Ohio state for them and like Oklahoma for mm-hmm. for the big 12. Uh, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. I thought it was interesting that three of the top five teams come from the SEC. Uh, no shock there, but, as we've seen in recent years, whoever wins the SEC is likely your team in. Alabama, if they don't win it, they're usually in the mix to be that fourth team. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting to see these odds because if you compare them to, you know, some of the FPI calculations that ESPN does, it, it seems like Texas is a favorite a little more than that.
2: Yeah, when, I, when you were reading those, I thought Texas sounded um, kind of low. I would honestly put them around the Florida range um, and those odds that you were just mentioning. But yeah, I think, but it's a good thing. I actually prefer them to be underrated. I prefer them to be, um, I guess, Off a surprise. Yeah, I want them to be a surprise rather than be um, overhyped or things like that, because we know all too well that Texas is typically um, overhyped coming into the season and then have consistency issues and blah, blah, blah. But um, even Matt Leinert said on Wednesday when he released the Heisman Hope Bulls, he said that he has this gut feeling that this is the year for Texas. And obviously Sam's a senior and it's his last go, most likely, assuming he declares for the draft after this season. So a lot of people have just have that good feeling about Texas this year. So hopefully it plays out.
1: Let's hope so. And we're going to talk more about the Big 12. And obviously this game coming up with Ari Tampkin from the Big 12 Radio Show. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Bill Barr. And I think right now with trying to be healthy and trying, you know, as we're staying indoors, it seems like we're still in this pandemic and you're trying to stay inside and you're trying to stay fit or you're trying to lose weight. I recommend using Bill Barr. I mean, you got 12 original flavors. you got six new. Go to BillBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. They're going to be $10 off your order. Whether you want to do the 12 original or try one of the new uh, Apple Crisp. I mean, does that sound good to you, Kami? A cheesecake? Uh, there's all these great flavors, and they're always 100% covered in chocolate. Who doesn't love chocolate? Head on over to BillBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You're getting $10 off. Make sure you tell them that your friends over at the Locked On Longhorns podcast sent you.
2: All right, my guest now on the Locked On Longhorns podcast, uh, my
1: Cowboys beat co-host. You can hear him on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio. Does the radio show with with Dave Archer? And you know, I thought it was interesting. Y'all were I was listening on Wednesday, and and you were doing your. Your power rankings as far as the top five schools in the Big 12. While y'all had the same two teams at the top, they just weren't in the right order. Uh, Obviously, Ari was was incorrect, (laughs) and he put Oklahoma first, while Dave Archer, former Iowa State quarterback, had Texas as the number one
0: team in his power rankings. I don't know if you know this, Patrick, but uh, Oklahoma's won the conference five consecutive years. And uh, they they have America's darling as their head coach in Lincoln Riley. So um, I'm just I'm just under the the impression here um, that I'm not going to pick anybody to win this conference until somebody else proves to me that they can beat Oklahoma and win this conference. So that's I kind get, of my my stance right now on that.
1: I get that, and I just want to remind you, Ari, you got to stop living in the past.
0: Uh, it's a new year.
1: <laughs> no, I, I get it. I mean, even when when I've done my power rankings or, or Cammy has done her power rankings on Longhorns Wire, we have Oklahoma at number one. I I just thought it was interesting when I saw that. I was like, whoa, Dave went number one there.
0: Yeah, and so it's funny because it's kind of an ongoing thing with Dave and I because Dave picked Texas to win the conference last year, mm-hmm. and obviously he was wrong, and so he's he's basically said, hey, I was a year off and and he's doubling down now on them to win the conference this year. So Okay, okay. So double or nothing. Look, I I like Texas and I'd love to see them win the conference. Um and you know, I think kind of the ongoing piece is like this is the year to do it, you know, because Oklahoma's kind of down this year relative to what we've seen with, you know, all the different turnover they've had at the skill positions and the quarterback position. So this is the year they should do it. But I mean, it's I mean, you can put Texas or Oklahoma in that number one spot for this week. I mean, you're talking about two teams that that beat up on bad teams and did what they were supposed to do. I think this is a big week for Texas because they – I think Texas and Oklahoma are going to need style points uh, because the conference looks down and, you know, who knows when we get to the end of this road how many games everybody's played because I think there's going to be some – you know, it's going to be convoluted that way too. But um, I – this is a week that Texas really needs to to beat up on Texas Tech –
1: yeah, and we'll we'll get into Texas Tech in a minute. But what did you think about these reports that are coming out about uh, potentially the Oklahoma versus Kansas State game being postponed? And and what do you think they if that happens when do you think they're going to make that up in the bye week after the Red River Shootout, or or do you think they push that towards the end of the season?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I, there's been a lot of smoke around this, so I definitely think you know there's obviously legitimacy to it. And yeah, I mean there's just been issues with K State in terms of you know, how many players that they have available. So, I mean, this is just going to be obviously an ongoing discussion throughout the entire season. Um, and, you know, it, it, this is why I say like, you get to the end of the road and it's going to be, you're going to have some seven, you're going to have like a, like how is the college football playoff committee going to decide? Like here's a seven and one team. Here's a five and O team. You know, it's going to be so difficult to kind of parse through all of that. So, I'm, I mean, that's just going to be such an intriguing piece here, but yeah, I mean, I, I, they're going to try to get every missed game in. And, you know, the problem is it's like if you start missing multiple games, you know, if, if Kansas State has to miss multiple games over the course of the season, now it's going to be impossible to sort of make some of those games up. But um, I I don't know right in front of me if, you know, they have open weeks that coincide moving forward to kind of schedule that out. But um, I do
1: know yeah. I do know October 17th, both teams are – open
0: that week okay that's why you said the week after the, yeah um so i mean that would that would seem to make the most sense um obviously but um who knows it's going to be crazy i mean you're going to have you you want to make it up sooner rather than later because you know you're you could miss multiple games and so you don't want to be a position where you're trying you know you're trying to make up two or three games before you've made up one
1: and on the topic of of this, the missed games and, and things of that nature. You know, Texas has been, a, I guess, the gold standard when it comes to COVID-19 policies. And, uh, you know, after their onboarding in March, they haven't had any issues uh, with, with any players, you know, missing time or, or, or for COVID-19. And, and it seems like the Big 12 as a whole across the board, they kind of have had that issues. Do you think there should be something there where that subcommittee that was uh, led up by Shane Lyons, the West Virginia AD, that they should be meeting with Texas to see what they're doing differently uh, as far as their COVID-19 parameters? Because it seems like Texas is the only one who's not having these outbreak issues and they're constantly coming with, you know, all these negative tests so that they're not missing time, their players aren't missing time. And, and I think maybe that might be a way for to alleviate some of these issues that they're having across the big 12.
0: I mean, they are, you know, that that's one of the things that we've heard from Bob Bolsby pretty consistently, you know, that, that there's been constant stream of communication between athletic directors, between administrators, you know, I mean, and you'd, you'd hope that'd be the case amongst, you know, all power five programs and, and, you know, conferences, but I mean, certainly the case amongst, you know, the big 12, I, I think, you know, there's, multiple components kind of outside their control, you know, one might be access to medical care or facilities. Like there's, there's definitely going to be, you know, some programs that are maybe not, don't have the same sort of on-site medical facilities as maybe others do. So you're limited there, but then there's a lot of luck involved here, you know, in terms of your players going specific places or not going specific places. And, and, you know, I mean, it's Austin's, Austin, you know, has a situation where they probably have better, um, you know, local facilities, um, for the trace testing, they, they probably have access to better, you know, things that maybe Kansas state wouldn't. Um, and then the other part to that too, would be, you know, maybe in, in, even though Austin's a bigger city, so therefore more people. And so you think there'd be higher exposure rate, like maybe because you're on campus with less people in Manhattan. You know, now your your exposure rate's higher because there's, you know, people that are congregating in, in similar areas um, as opposed to Austin, which is much more widespread or spread out. But at this point, you know, every, they're all communicating and trying to figure out the best practices. They all – everybody wants the same goal, right? Everybody wants to play football right. games. So I, it, it, there's so many other components, I think, that are so out, far outside the control that are, that are leading to stuff like this.
1: Yeah, the, the question of that, it mostly, I guess, becomes – you know, when you when you're looking at the situation, and everything that's not something that's probably public knowledge. So that's you know that's why I bring up the question of right know, Are they doing these things? Should they be doing these things? Uh, obviously, because of what we're kind of seeing. Uh, so outside of the the Oklahoma well, like against- look
0: at Baylor. I don't know if you heard the Baylor story, but Baylor canceled the game against Houston partly because one of you know they they couldn't meet the minimum requirements to play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, because they didn't have enough offensive linemen. And, you know, basically one of the – they were one short because they ended up having a player suspended. And they – you know, it was basically like if they unsuspended him, then they they would have met the requirements and were able to play that game. But they didn't. They didn't unsuspend him. So it's – you know what I mean? Like there's – it that wasn't even just COVID-19 related. It was, you know, Dave Aranda as a new head coach not trying to rest on his laurels and go even with these outside extenuating circumstances, you know? So it's – it's it's just and and i i agree with rand on that in that regard it's just that's another component where it's like that's outside COVID 19 and trace testing protocols but yet it still kind of is is uh, affected by it
1: yeah um and you know on that topic of of the baylor game i mean i feel bad for the houston kids who you know the, the report came out uh on wednesday that houston is canceled with their fourth game um, they haven't got to play yet. Uh, their fourth contest being canceled or postponed, however you want to put it. Crazy. Houston had 175 tests, according to Max Olson of The Athletic. All of them came back negative, so obviously on the North Texas side. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's one of those things where you're right, though. It, there's luck involved. It's kind of who you're, um, who you're scheduled that week and, and everything. So, it's you know, it's kind of unfortunate uh, that it happened the way that it happened. Uh, Just before we get into our preview of Texas Tech, Texas on Saturday, 2.30, was there any other games on the Big 12 slate that you're kind of looking forward to Saturday? Obviously, for me, it's TCU-Iowa State. Uh, How is Brock Purdy going to look after that dreadful performance uh, against Louisiana Lafayette? Uh, How is TCU going to look on offense with Matthew Downing playing quarterback? Max Dugan has been cleared, but obviously he's not going to play on Saturday.
0: Yeah, that one. And, and I actually wouldn't be surprised to see Duggan play on on Saturday. Um, and, and it's funny because this is kind of how last year started for TC where uh, Kansas State transfer quarterback Alex Delton started the season as the starter, but that didn't last very long. And they even used – you know, they used Delton and uh, Duggan in that game. And, and, you know, it's a little bit of different circumstances this year with Duggan coming back from the um, – with Duggan coming back from the um, – the, the, the heart, the heart condition. Right. So I, I would not be surprised at all to see Duggan play a little bit in this game. Um, but they, at least today feel more confident and comfortable with downing. And I'm, I'm curious, I'm just to your point, curious to see how he plays. Um, and then there's, I mean, for me, I, the most intriguing game of the weekend for me is Oklahoma state, West Virginia. So this is, um, they're, they're, they're officially putting Thurman Thomas into the ring of honor and um, they're, they're they're doing throwbacks from the 1987 Sun Bowl where um, Oklahoma State beat West Virginia 35 to 33, kind of crazy. It's you know it, it's the Thurman Thomas game where he went off and had like 7,000 yards rushing or something crazy like that. And so they're they're going to be um, they're going to be Oklahoma State's gonna be wearing the Oklahoma State throwbacks from 1987 from those Sun Bowl, that Sun Bowl game, which would be cool. Um, so there's like the subplot of the Sun Bowl, the anniversary of the Sun Bowl and putting um, Thurman Thomas into their ring of honor as the first, you know, Oklahoma State Cowboy to go into their their new ring of honor, which is really cool. Uh, but I'm just I'm, I mean, Oklahoma State, one of the teams that we expect to be competing towards the top of the conference and really disappointed against Tulsa. You know, they they won 16 to 7 in a game that, you know, just I mean, it, it was not great offensively for them. And, um, you know, so I'm curious to see how they rebound Oklahoma State, how they look at home, we, you know, in, uh, in another week. And I don't think we'll see Spencer Sanders. Um, he has that high ankle sprain, x-rays came back negative, but there is the chance he could play uh, on Saturday. I think we'll, we'll see true freshman Shane Illingworth in this one. And, you know, I, the biggest issue for Oklahoma State in that game against Tulsa was their offensive line. It was terrible could not protect anybody at quarterback. And so you're talking about going up against a West Virginia team who low expectations. This could be the major surprise team in the big 12 because man, they, they looked really good. Granted it was against an Eastern Kentucky team that, you know, nobody thinks is really good at all. But I mean, they, they put a beating on them. You know, Jarrett Daigie at quarterback, who obviously tech fans, you know, would be familiar with because of the Daigie lineage, tracing back to tech tech. Teach me how um, to Daigie. Yeah, right. And uh, so Dagi quarterback, and then I mean their their strength for West Virginia's defense is their defensive line. They have the Stills brothers, so I'm I, to me that's the that's the most intriguing matchup of the weekend would be West Virginia and Oklahoma State.
1: Yeah, that I you know that one is right. Illingsworth looks so much better uh, than the first backup that they had in that game against Tulsa. Yeah, Bullock. I was they, uh, they sh- essentially had. Tylen Wallace on lockdown for most of that game, and then in the second half, Ellingsworth was able to get him the ball, and you saw what happened when they got him involved, and Chuba obviously had his 11-game uh, 100-yard streak snapped in that game, but, you know, 22 carries, 95 yards, something like that. Uh, you know, so they have the offensive weapons. We'll see how they look against a West Virginia defense who obviously has the Steel brothers who are, are expected to be a uh, big-time performers for that defense this year. All right, so let's uh, let's let's shift gears. Let's talk about this Texas, Texas Tech Saturday. A uh, little bit of petty going on uh, down in Lubbock. They will be inducting Michael Crabtree into their Ring of Honor uh, for this game. I know uh, Texas fans. It's it's still a sour subject for them looking back at that 2008 football team that they expected to be in the national championship or, or in the picture, uh, that game obviously ruined any opportunity for them. Uh, what's your over under on the amount of tortillas thrown in this game? Are people throwing four for every one person to make up the, the, the loss? Uh, that was a topic that, uh, Sam Ellinger had brought up when he spoke with the media
0: the other day. Of course, they're going to be doing the Michael Crabtree Jersey during, during this game. Of course. Um, you know, Texas tech, as, we, as we've as we discussed, did not look good uh, against Houston Baptist over the season. But I do think that they're going to – they should be better. They should show better because, I mean, they didn't – you know, they they were missing a lot of pieces, especially on the defensive side of the football. I think that's why, you know, they basically gave up 600 yards passing to the Houston Baptist quarterback. Colin Schooler, who transferred in from Arizona, didn't play in that game. He's expected to play here. He's the guy that was, you know, all all Pac-12 performer that they've added, you know, as a, as a major piece to their defense. Um, so look, I, Texas tech personnel wise has some really good players. Um, and so, you know, I, I, don't expect this to be a blowout. I mean, cause if you look at the opening game and, and the expectations that they should have put on Houston Baptist, it's like, Oh man, they should, they should be to my four or five touchdowns. But Texas tech just didn't have the personnel available in that game that they're going to have for this game or should have for this game. Um, so. Uh, we shall see how Texas' offense goes up against a, a better defense than they faced last time against UTEP.
1: Yeah, we could see the Schooler brothers going at it. Obviously, Brendan Schooler uh, listed as the third slot receiver on the uh, depth chart that came out this week. Um, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there where Colin and Brendan um, yeah. go at it a little bit. That would be funny, something to watch. Yeah, I knew Colin uh, Schooler was a highly touted linebacker out of Arizona that ended up at Tech. Uh, when you went back and watched that game, is, is specifically on the defensive side of the ball, their tackling was horrendous. Uh, you know, there was, there was far too many times where I watched them and they were rushing three, dropping eight. And uh, Caden Stearns' little brother, Josh Stearns, was able to get behind that defense even when they were dropping eight. And uh, they can't do that against Texas because I think it's, a similar thing will happen
0: to them. Oh, yeah, no, I completely. I mean, I, you know, you look at defensively what Tech – gave up to Houston Baptist and yeah, I mean it, it's, it, it would seem to bear that it's going to be pretty easy for Texas to put up some points on them. Um, you know, because this is, this was just, you know, this was just a horrible defensive performance. You know, Adrian Fry is a guy that played in this game. He's a pretty good, uh, pretty good corner. Uh, Rico Jeffers and other guys at, at, at linebacker that is, you know, he's a pretty good player and, and they've had some good players at that position last couple of years, including, um, you know, a first round pick uh, this past year, but I, um, you know, with schooler getting added in there too, and then maybe having some other guys available that they didn't have last week, again, it, it should, it's not going to be a great defense protect, but it should be a more credible defense. And I mean, look, expectations are sky high in this game for Sam Ellinger in this offense. And kind of, as we talked about earlier, like this might be a game where, where Texas needs to put some style points on the board. If they can, you know, manage to score pretty consistently, like Houston Baptist did against Texas tech.
1: So betting lines in this game. The Bet MGM has this game at seventeen and a half point favorite for Texas. Are you are you buying that or are you are you gonna put money on Texas to cover?
0: Uh, or would you would you go with the underdog in this game? Seventeen and a half points. Yeah. I would take I would I would take Texas to cover the seventeen and a half points. You think it's a three touchdown game at least? Somewhere yeah, right I there. just I think, you know, again, they were missing some pieces on defense a couple of weeks ago, but I just don't know that it's enough to make up for, you know, I mean, they're going from, for all intents and purposes, you know, a, a Houston Baptist offense that's, you know, where it is versus, I mean, they're, they're going up against an NFL type of offense comparatively, right? Like this is going to be a major step up in terms of the competition they're playing against. So even if the, even if they're going to have more back personnel wise, you know, I'm just – I just still don't know. Like, they, they – they are going to have a lot of trouble in trying to stop this this Texas attack, uh, especially with how good it looked against against UTEP a couple of weeks ago. All
1: right, so you, let's let's talk about the other side of the ball. Obviously, Texas defense against Texas Tech's offense. Uh, they have Alan Bowman, who's playing against Texas for the first time, uh, mostly because this game is earlier in the year. So Bowman's <laughs> actually going to be healthy for this game. Uh, Sir Roger Thompson, who was – apparently arrested on monday texas tech came out and said he will be available to play on saturday a little bit of a shock when you hear some of the details of the report he fled the scene all these things uh are they going to need a big game from Sirajic thompson because i'm going to be honest when i watched the game when i watched alan bowman despite the fact that he put up 430 yards passing he didn't look great you don't think so i mean uh, I didn't see the accuracy there that, that I expected to see out of him. I mean, I know, obviously, he hasn't played in almost a year. Um, so, maybe it was that rust factor, the fact that there wasn't much of a spring. You know, maybe it was just trying to get him comfortable. But I didn't feel like he looked the greatest in that game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I know a lot of Tech fans are complaining about that, too. He did throw a pick. He did, however, complete, you know, 38 of 52 for 430 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, this is – this is where their offense should be good, um, you know, because Bowman at quarterback and then the, the receivers they have in Vasher and um, Easy and, and Kashawn Carter, like, they, they are – and then, you know, Sir Roderick Thompson should be a, a big piece to their, their pass attack too. Like, they have an explosive style of offense, you know, and I, I, do, I, I do wonder how much of, like, the rust piece is related to, um, you know, just – having such a weird off season. We know Texas Tech had so many different positives. So, I mean, in terms of like preparation for the game, you know, you, you, in the, in leading up to it, you're just, you have a lot of guys in and out of your lineup, you know? So it's just tough to, to be practicing with, you know, the numbers that they were practicing with. And then, you know, which is not not their full complement, not their full roster, and then just expect that they're ready. You know, the whole thing will be ready to click and be ready to go from day one. I mean, obviously it wasn't Texas, but yeah. I mean, I I, I think that's probably what you noticed in just the the lack of fluidity, maybe with with Bowman and, and this team. You know, they just haven't had the requisite practice time to get together because they've had so many guys in and out of the lineup. You know, dealing with COVID and COVID tracing. So, yep. um, th- I would expect this game to be a high scoring game, but. You know, this will be the best, obviously the best test for Texas's defense, but this will be a legitimate test for Texas's defense, I think, to see, you know, how good is this defense really going to be this year? Because that's, that's what we all want to know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know the offense is going to be good. It's whether or not, you know, what's this defense going to be like? And so th- th- this will be a good litmus test for them because this is, you know, Alan Bowman's a really good passer when he's been healthy. They've got legit weapons on the outside. They've got a legit running game. So this will be a balanced offensive attack. It should be better because just, just by having played together for a game and having that fluidity in practice.
1: Yeah, I, you know, you look at the wide receiver group. Uh, obviously, you talked about it. Vashers, their big guy, the big target. I think he's six six. I mean, obviously, you talk about Deshaun Carter, who's pretty much their leading receiver, and then Eric Uh comma and yes, I did work on that name. Uh, easy. Kind of, easy. Easy, yeah, easy. But, uh, you know, they do have a good trio, so it's going to be interesting to see how Texas able to match up with Chris Adamora, Deshaun Jamison, uh, Josh Thompson, who looked really good in that first game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, th- that's where they are. Uh, let's talk about over under in this game and then we'll get your prediction. Uh, going back to the bed MGM odds, 69 and a half is the over under. You betting the over in that game. Uh, yes. Or
0: you,
1: you're betting the over. Yeah. I mean, it's uh big 12 football. I mean, more times than not, you're going to bet the over.
0: Right. I mean, and look at how both these teams looked week one, you know, uh, offensively. I, was that week one or was it week two? I don't really know. I'm very technically it's weeks. week
1: two, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Week one of the big twelves college football
0: season, the way I look at it. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. I mean, the, the 35 points for tech, you know, 700,000 points for, 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 for Texas. So yeah, six, I, I would.
1: Almost 700 yards of offense. Yeah. 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 Uh, what' what's your prediction in this game let's let's go ahead and get the RE prediction for this game
0: all right so the I hit the over and I said take Texas uh, to cover the 17 and a half so the over was 69 so I got to be Texas 42 and uh, Texas tech let's go uh, 31 what that 42 okay. 31 Forty two thirty one doesn't oh, no. necessarily I don't I don't I don't cover the seventeen and a half. Thank you. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh I was Let's Texas Texas fifty one. Texas fifty one. And uh and Texas Tech thirty. All right, 51, so we're we're, we're getting we're getting the over, we're getting
1: a fifty burger uh and and texas is winning by three touchdowns in the game you heard it from ari you can check him out you heard it from me
0: i i said they were gonna cover and then i didn't give you a covered score exactly (laughs) you didn't give us a covered score uh
1: but you can check out ari's work follow him on twitter at ari sports also check out his our cowboys podcast the cowboys beat uh you can find that wherever you find your podcast check out sirius xm big 12 radio show with with Ari Tempkin, Dave Archer, and obviously uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash Ari Sports. Ari, thanks for hopping on, buddy. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, Patrick. I mean, it was uh, a lot of good information from Ari Tempkin. I want to thank Ari for jumping on the show. You can check out Ari Monday through Friday on the Big 12 radio show on Sirius XM Radio, Channel 375. Definitely check him, check him out on Twitter at Ari Sports. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow as we give our predictions for Texas versus Texas Tech and how we feel that game is going to go. But as always, for Cammy and Patrick, keep it locked on.
2: Welcome.